Stories. On our episode today of Beyond Queer Stories, our guest is Finn. And a little bit about Finn, he is a 44-year-old transgender gay man. He came out as trans late in life at the age of 37 after starting a recovery program in 2010 for his addiction to alcohol and cannabis. Once sober, he was able to get to the bottom of a lifetime of mental health problems and realized that gender dysphoria was the root of all his issues. He began his gender transition in 2012, cross-sex hormones and then surgery, and since then his mental health has greatly improved. He is now eight years clean and sober. Recently, he's began working out his sexuality. His last relationship ended and left him confused about his orientation. He thought he was only attracted to women, but it turns out he prefers men. He went on a date in March and ended up finding the love of his life. After spending the last eight years fixing his inner world, his focus is now on his outer world. His mental health is well managed, but still a challenge, making regular work hours impossible. He decided to try to do things differently and has just launched his own business, working as a freelance writer and author. He writes stories about overcoming mental health, walking the road of recovery, and finding himself. We're so happy to have you. So I'm going to be honest. I've followed your YouTube for at least a few years. Of you. So yeah, so when I saw your submission, I was so excited. I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to have Finn on because... I found your YouTube years ago and I just love like your vulnerability and your openness and just how you really connect with people on that. So I was really excited to see your submission. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so we always start with this question. So the first question we have for you is what identities do you feel most influence your experiences? My trans identity, I think, because that, well, that is basically what I share it most about but now also the gay aspect I don't know I think just queer I mean mm-hmm. I like the fact that I've got a queer identity that once upon a time I wanted it to be kind of normal in inverted commas and be invisible but I love the fact that I've got this quirky queer identity that I have now great awesome yeah I have a quick question so you mentioned the fact that you were overcoming your addiction to alcohol and cannabis. Can you like elaborate a little bit more on that? I had drunk since about the age of 13 and also smoked cannabis because I felt really at odds with myself. Huge amount of anxiety and just, I used to call it a homesick feeling. It was just like this really sick feeling in my stomach that something was awfully wrong. And I discovered that if I drank, I could squash all that down. But then unfortunately, it went from just weekend drinking to daily drinking. And then by the time I was 37, I was just a complete mess. I'd been in um, a recovery center for people with complex mental health problems and all of that. And I came out of there and thought, I've got to address my drinking. So I went into AA and the rest is history. You know, I, I went in there and I heard what they got to offer. And I realized that my drinking wasn't normal and I couldn't justify it anymore. And I had to stop if I was going to sort myself out. I wasn't expecting to find out I was transgendered on the top of that, but (laughs) these things happen. That's a great, a great story of that path, because I think, you know, it takes people a long time sometimes to be able to overcome something like that. And it sounds like you got to a point where you made that decision and just like totally committed to it, which I know is really hard to do. It was either that. I knew I'd got to the point where I tried everything. I'd had various different therapies, tried all sorts, and it was either... I was going to get fixed or I was not going to be here anymore. It got to that point. And I think that desperation was what really just pushed me forward because there was no other option, really. It was drink myself to death or sort it out. 
Mm-hmm. And thank God I chose to sort it out. Yeah. Very glad you sorted it out because I know your stories touched so many people. <laughs> and yeah, because I've, I've definitely watched, you know, a lot of what you shared online and I know you've touched so many people. So I, I love doing it. I love doing it. So um, you also mentioned that while you were like going through this recovery stage, you happened to stumble upon you being aware of you being trans. So yeah, yeah um, <laughs> like what? Explain. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I'd got everything sorted in about sort of three or four months of being sober. I'd changed so dramatically, and I was taking charge of my mental health problems and feeling much better. My anxiety was lowering a little bit but more than anything I was just managing it better but one thing that I wasn't managing was my eating I was still having real issues I was just under eight stone when I started recovery and I still wanted to like starve myself and I couldn't understand why and it was in discussing this with a friend of mine that he came out to me as a cross-dresser and then I explained to him how I didn't feel right in my gender either and then I went online to look for some information for him and was reading stories about this trans guy that had had eating issues all of his life and he was describing how he felt fat like there was too much of him but it wasn't about being fat and I went oh my word that's exactly me and that was a snowball effect then of reading all about trans people and realizing that I was trans and just going oh my word I don't want this I really don't it was kind of bittersweet of knowing on the one hand, this is it, this is what my answer is. But on the other hand, I just started to sort my life out. And I thought, if I come out as trans, I'm going to lose everybody, everything's going to go wrong. And yeah, very bittersweet, it really was. Yeah. And I know you mentioned a little bit in your bio too, that in your previous relationship, that's when you came into your trans identity as well, right? Yeah. What was that process like having to then tell a partner, you're making this own self-realization oh. and then... You're in a relationship and having to kind of bring that forward into your relationship. How was that for you? It was really scary, really scary. We were having issues anyway. And I kind of thought that would tip us over the edge and that would be it. But I got to the point where once I knew that I was male, I couldn't possibly do anything else but come out. So even if it meant losing my relationship, I just had to do it. But it didn't work out that way. Well, not initially, mm-hmm. um, because my partner was quite accepting, really, of, of my being trans. And it started off being all right until he transitioned as well. Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, yeah. It all went very peculiar. Well, yeah, you mentioned, you know, you kind of had a friend who talked to you about their cross-dressing and their uh, questioning of their gender, which triggered you doing your research and you know, coming into your identity and then telling your partner and then them doing their own thinking, it kind of was the chain reaction, it sounds like. Yeah, I think you do, you don't know these things unless you kind of see it in other people. We've only, mm-hmm. you can only identify yourself with the words you're given, aren't you? So once right. you see somebody else and you relate to that, then you find your own way. And that's definitely what happened for my partner at the mm-hmm. time. He, you know, he saw what I was going through and it made so much sense for him as well. Yeah. I know one thing that comes to mind while you're you're thinking of one. Um, I know you mentioned kind of managing mental health issues kind of throughout this whole journey. Uh, what was how did that change for you during these different stages? I think what happened when I got into Alcoholics Anonymous was I moved from a position of thinking everybody else was responsible mm. to realizing that I was responsible. That was my very first initial thing. And from that came a change in perspective in how I dealt with it. And then in realizing I was male and understanding why I hadn't been able to sort these mental health issues out, mm. 
that help, that understanding kind of helped as well. And then feeling more comfortable in myself as my transition's gone on, it's then been easier to kind of address the problems because if you've got discomfort in yourself anyway, then trying to sort out anything else is impossible. Mm-hmm. But I think what's happened is because I've got such a level of peace in myself now, that even though I've still got anxiety issues and a few other things going on, I can just live life despite them because there's so much other good stuff going on that it's all right. And as long as it doesn't get in the way of my life. And I think the difference is that I'm in charge of me now and Mm -hmm. I wasn't for a long time. And I think being inside your own body helps because before I was completely didn't want to be in here, couldn't be in the world. So where where are you? My only option was to be drunk or whatever. Whereas now, you know, I'm completely conscious. I live in my body and it's a completely different experience. Yeah, that's great. I love how you put that. It's like, coming into yourself is just so grounding that, you know, we both have mental health, you know, backgrounds and trajectories and that grounding of yourself is so important in being able to manage that. And it sounds like that transition really grounded you in that in a very positive way. Very much so. I did have a question about all of this, like when you started going through recovery, when you realized that you were trans and you realized like your partner was trans and like all of this, like recovery, like realizing things, like how was, where was your family like during all of this? Like, was your family like super supportive of you? Like, were they like, what the hell? Like you having all these issues, like what's going on? I've got a very small family. It's only my mum and my brother. So I knew the best thing was to tell them before it got too far down the line so I went home with a letter but I sat and actually told my mum and my brother together and my mum just went oh that makes complete sense and that was really it because I think because I've just been such a difficult child growing up (laughs) I think this was just a relief because she said that looking back you know there was so many things that now make sense to her Mm -hmm. and she was just relieved that I'd found a way to be happy because she'd seen me try therapy try this try that she'd seen me improve since getting sober so for her it was just a relief and I even said to her look it's all right if you grieve you know that's what parents what happens with parents and mm-hmm. she really never did she really just embraced me as her son from the get-go and um yeah I've been really blessed with her like that I think my brother found it a little bit more difficult and we're still kind of getting used to being two brothers but on the whole I think everyone was just really supportive and not really surprised (laughs) it's a bit like when I came out as gay really no one's like oh it's not news to us really Finn so you know (laughs) I think I'm the last to know about myself really (laughs) it's interesting how that happens sometimes yeah 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 (laughs) I mean when I look back now it's so obvious I mean I used to kind of get so excited whenever I was mistaken for a bloke Mm -hmm. I used to love it I used to just like start deepening my voice when everyone said you're right mate I'd be like yeah (laughs) (laughs) Nobody does that, do they? Unless they're actually genuinely male. Right. Which woman would do that? So it's right. little things like that that people are like, yeah, it was, it was quite obvious. What made you want to share your journey on YouTube? That's such a vulnerable thing to do. And I'm curious how you decided to start that. Well, I didn't plan for it to quite turn out how it has. <laughs> really, it was. I used to share my mental health um, journey on MySpace years ago. Mm-hmm. And I found that really helpful because... I hated stigma and I hated people talking about me behind my back Mm. and so I kind of took the same approach with coming out I thought because I was in AA and because you know there's so many people in AA and you have to say your name I couldn't hide so I thought if I've got to be really open in AA I might as well be really open elsewhere and I wanted to just document my changes I thought that really only me would watch it and my family but then (laughs) (laughs) and I just love it I love that feeling of 
when when you've got things going on for yourself that are a challenge, when you can turn them into something that's really positive, it's amazing. And to like connect with other people who feel the same way. And I've ha- grown so much because of other people that sharing every week and people commenting and I'd learn about myself and it would strengthen my own identity. It was it's just been an amazing experience and I love it. I really really love it. Even if sometimes I do think, what, what have I just put on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you ever click that submit button and then like, oh my God, this is going to be out there for everybody. <laughs> Pretty much every video. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I just can't imagine not doing it now. I, I love it. Yeah. I really do love it. That's great. I have one more question that just popped in. Go for it. <laughs> um, so as you were talking about um, kind of how family – reacted to you transitioning it made me kind of think of the the fact that you were also in AA during this time so that's kind of another maybe family group that you have and how was coming out to them oh my words what do you do in AA because when you whenever you talk in AA you say your name first Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like I could gradually introduce this I had to just I had to just go my name's Finn and I'm an alcoholic and as you see something has changed I I had a few people who I was close to in AA that were on my Facebook so it was about 10 of them so I messaged them first and explained what was going on and said that the following week on Friday I was going to make this announcement um so I knew I had support in the room and I was actually booked to speak at a conference the week after. And I was going to cancel it, but I thought this is a way to tell lots of AA groups because there's about four different cities that were at this conference. So I stood up and started to do my share and said, oh, by the way, I've just come out as transgender. And I thought, you know, just rip off the Band-Aid and just tell everybody. And everybody's been so supportive. It's been incredible. Oh, that funny. kind of affirmation that, you know, it, it's all right that they accept me no matter what. And people were amazing. Really, really good. I think out of hundreds of people that are in AA I've, I've ever had one bad comment oh, wow. and that was it out of everybody so yeah they're an amazing supportive family it's incredible no matter where I go because I've been I was in Oxford when I first got clean and sober so Oxford AA and Eastbourne AA and Devon AA and I've never had any problem in fact when I moved to Devon I attempted to be stealth for a while I hate that word mm-hmm. I attempted to be non-disclosing and I just, it just didn't wasn't right I was editing myself all the time but I was loving the fact that they weren't even questioning the fact that I was a, a man. But I thought, I can't do this. So I came out in the rooms there and it was like, oh, OK, so what are we doing next? And it was complete <laughs> non-issue. Nobody could see me as anything other than me. And it was just, wow, that was incredible. That's great. It's so good to hear that that was such a supporting environment. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, now we can transition into your story. So we'd love to hear the story you have for us today. The story I'd like to share with you today is my story of coming out as a gay trans man. I've spent my whole life attempting to work out my identity and work out who I was attracted to. Um, As a youngster, I dated both men and women, but I never felt entirely right with either. I really fancied men. But when it came to like the sexual side of things, it, it just, just was not working. And I, I, I kind of deduced from that that I must be a lesbian. Alongside that, I was really masculine and really into masculine things. So I kind of put the two together and just assumed that I was a lesbian. And even though it wasn't completely right, it was still you know, more comfortable than being with men. Flash forward a little to the age of 37 and I was getting clean and sober. I had a lifetime of mental health problems. Because of this feeling of being so odds with myself, I, I drank to deal with those feelings. But getting clean and sober, 
I was able to get to the bottom of all of that. And I actually realized that I was transgender. I came out and I began my transition. And so now things were making sense. I kind of understood that the reason I hadn't been comfortable with either men or women was because in actual fact, I was a man and I was a straight man. I was with a partner at the time who was female. And so I thought, I'm just a straight man. At the time, I thought this was a great, it meant I could just be a man with a girlfriend and we could just blend into society and it would be fantastic. But it didn't pan out like that at all. A few years into my transition, it's about three years in, I think, my partner then came out as transgender themselves. And I was really, really torn about this because I really wanted to be able to support him in the way he'd supported me. And I did love him, but I really didn't want to be a gay man. And it's really hard to say this now because I realized that what was going on was I just had lots of internalized homophobia around this. I feared discrimination for being gay and I also feared discrimination from the trans community for being a gay trans man. Um, I can kind of understand why I felt like this really. I mean, I spent my entire life, I mean, I'm 44. So for me, being gay back when I was growing up was something that was really, really stigmatized. And so I'd spent my life because I was kind of quite masculine appearing, being kind of jeered at in the street for that. And then when I came out as a lesbian, I was jeered at for being a lesbian and called all the things across the street like dyke, as you, as, you know, often happens. And for, for now, now I was a man and me and my partner were just blending as a straight couple. I absolutely love the invisibility of that. I love the fact that we could just kiss on the street and not worry about being shouted at. And I really was so upset of the fact that I would now have to go back to not being physical in the street with my partner you know I wouldn't be able to do public displays of affection and it, it is really hard to remember feeling like this now but I just wanted to be invisible I just wanted to be an invisible straight heteronormative couple and blend into the background and the other reason I didn't want to be gay was because I really was scared that I'd be seen less of a man or feminized for being gay it's it is a common stereotype that you see that gay men are often kind of looked upon as feminine and of course that's not the case at all but I had an experience at a open university tutorial I'd gone for this weekend where we'd all kind of shared accommodation for the weekend and I ended up on a table with all women and they were quite kind of secretive and talking together and I was just on my own and then we got chatting together and on realizing I was dating a man and then assuming I was gay the conversation completely changed. They all of a sudden were quite happy to share their intimate conversations they were having and were talking about we should go shopping together. And I was absolutely devastated. I just felt like I was being treated like one of the girls. And after all this time of really trying so hard to be seen as the man I am, here I was with my maleness being stripped away. And I just thought this is what it was going to be like, that nobody would see me as male anymore. It would just be like this gay feminine man. Um, you know, there's, there's also this goes on within the trans community. It's quite kind of underlying that if you're trans and you're gay, you're somehow not trans enough or not male enough. There's, it's like there, there's an implication that if you're attracted to men, then there must still some be some kind of like female undertone still happening with you, you know. So the whole idea of being gay felt to me like I was going to lose everything I'd fought for in being identified and seen as the man I am. My partner and I then did split up and this isn't because of 
my being trans or my struggle to accept being gay or his being trans. We've just split up because we'd grown apart, really. It was time. I needed a fresh start, so I moved away. I still needed to work out what was going on for me in an attraction sense because after my partner came out and I started to look at men, I was starting to realise that I was actually attracted to not just him, not just my partner, but other men as well. And I just didn't know really what to make of this. And I was really hesitant to even look at it. I just I just really didn't want to, but I did at the same time. It was this awful catch-22. I did stay single for a while, though, because I knew that I needed to work on myself first before getting into another relationship. And of course, I was also really, really scared because as a trans man, how on earth was I going to date? Was I going to date and tell people first? Was people going to accept me? I was absolutely terrified of, I wanted to be with somebody and I wanted to explore this, but I was also absolutely terrified. And at this point, I was heading towards about five years into transition and something beautiful started to happen because I had a full beard and there was absolutely no question whatsoever that I was a man. I'd become to feel much more comfortable in my male identity. And so much so that I was relaxing the rigidity I had around my masculinity. And I've got this naturally flamboyant personality that I'm quite camp and I wave my arms around a lot and I'm quite giggly. But I've always squashed that because I thought that would mean people would see me as feminine. So I tried to be like kind of quite still and I'd, I'd read all these things about how you can be seen as male, like change your voice expression and all of that. And I'd worked hard to do that. But at this point, I was just relaxing and it's kind of a joke now that I say I used to be more masculine when I was attempting to live as a female than I am now as a man. Sorry that I was more feminine. No, yeah, I was more masculine as a woman than I am now living as a man because my campness was just beginning to pour out of me like I just couldn't stop it and I loved it. And I, I realised now that what was going on was that I'd moved from feeling like I was a man to knowing I was and I wasn't trying to be anybody anymore. I was just letting me out. And the me that came out just happened to be incredibly camp and flamboyant. And that's fine. And I started to actually pick stuff up and wear things that were pink and wear earrings, things that once upon a time I wouldn't have gone anywhere near. It would have made me feel really dysphoric. But I, I was just loving exploring my gender identity like that because I realized that gender identity and gender expression are two completely separate things and that had missed me before I hadn't really understood that that I could be 1000% male but express my gender in very very different ways at this point I was still scared to to um, approach men but I did want to start dating and so for that reason I saw a woman first um, which kind of didn't help I suppose because I was trying to explore my gayness and here I was with a woman <laughs> but actually what happened was that she really helped me to become comfortable with myself at the time I was between surgeries and my body was a bit of a kind of work in progress and I was quite nervous about the whole thing but she made me feel really comfortable and she showed me that I was lovable and acceptable just exactly how I was and that I was a man regardless of the stage of my transition I was in and even though things with her didn't work out she gave me loads of confidence and I actually went above and beyond my comfort zone and I actually entered into a little bit of polyamory and I had a brief relationship with a couple of trans men which was an incredible experience. So all this excitedness was going on in the middle of last summer 2017 this was. It was brilliant. I was dating a couple of men and doing all this business and going on all the dating apps 
And then my mum got really ill and there wasn't really much choice other than to relocate from Devon, where I was at the time, back down to Sussex. So I moved in November 2017 and just put my life on hold, really, just to look after my mum. But then February came around, I had my 44th birthday and I thought to myself, you know, Finn, you're going to have to sort this out. You can't just keep fantasizing about men and not doing anything about this. I had to find out. I'd got to the point of complete desperation and I'm not kidding. It really was at this point an obsession now with men. It really was. I would think about it 24-7. I'd be looking online at men 24-7. I had to just find out once and for all what this was all about. I was kind of thinking at the time that it was just a fantasy that I needed to get out of my system. I don't know how much of that was a genuine thought or whether it was still an underlying wish for it not to be true. I'd got to the point of accepting that I was at least pansexual or bisexual, but because I'd only dated trans men, my inner voice was kind of saying that possibly I was only attracted to trans men because I'd felt safe with them because of the shared history and because the sex was less complicated but perhaps with cisgendered men it wouldn't be the same uh, I couldn't keep going around in circles and thinking about it I had to just get out there and try it and so I joined some apps but then you're worried about what do you do do you declare your trans status don't you and it was all so complicated and in the end I decided look I'm not going to declare it because declaring it I could then end up filtering people out who might be kind of prejudiced towards me but then I might also put people off because they just have never met a trans person before so I decided to just not declare it and wait until I was actually talking to somebody and just let it naturally arise in conversation so I started chatting with this chap and we'd had a few conversations and I, I was hoping it would come out when we were face to face but he asked me a question he asked me when I first came out and I thought, this is my opportunity. So I said to him, well, I first came out in my 20s as a lesbian. And there was this brief pause. And his response was just incredibly wonderful. He just wasn't even phased. He just simply said, well, that must have been really hard for you. And then we just kept chatting about everything other than being trans. It was me that was brave and asked him for a date, which I don't think I've ever done in my entire life. We met at Brighton at the station and I was a bag of nerves and hyper as anything and he was just man I was kind of looking at all the time kind of bearded and cuddle sized and really funny and we'd planned to kind of go to explore the Brighton Fringe Festival but we just kept talking and walking past all the things we'd intended to see we just got on we just clicked we were laughing I was ridiculous on that day I was so nervous that I was just camp as Christmas and I was like giggling and falling over stuff and I but not at one moment did I worry that he was seeing me as any less than male. It was just a wonderful date. So there was this one beautiful moment where we'd gone into a cafe and ordered some coffees. And the chap had said to us, um, where are you sitting, gentlemen? And then when we sat back down, the guy that I was on the date with turned around to me and said, how does that feel? What is that like to be called gentleman is it is it still something that, that feels kind of quite new and I just thought it was a lovely thing to ask because usually you get the stupid questions from people like what was your real name or what was in your pants and all of those things but he didn't ask any of that it was all really deep gentle questions about really wanting to know what it was like for me and pretty much that was the only time we really discussed me being trans and I just kind of knew from that moment that I really liked him but I was still really scared. And when we got to the station to say goodbye, 
I didn't know what to do. Having never dated a man as a man, I didn't know what the protocol was here. We're okay, we're in Brighton, but can two men kiss even in Brighton Station? I don't know. I really wanted to kiss him, but he leant in and kissed me on the cheek and I chickened out and got on the train and I was gutted, but we started texting as soon as I got on the train and we both said that we wanted to um, go on another date and I told him there and then that I'd wanted to kiss him and was glad I hadn't. And so he said, well, let's see what happens on a second date. Oh, goodness. So that second day, I was even more nervous because, you know, this was out there that I wanted to kiss him. And we went up to Devil's Dyke in Brighton to sit and watch the sunset. And it was just this perfect moment that out of the blue, he just flipped me onto my back and kissed me. And it was incredible. And all the fears just disappeared in that moment. His bearded face and his big arms, it was just absolute heaven. And later when it became time to, you know, when we tried being intimate, all of my fears and doubts just melted away. You know, I realized that, of course, I was definitely attracted to men. I don't know what I've been thinking. Of course I was. And so much that I realized I actually wasn't bisexual at all. I, I was 100 million percent gay. And I think that for me has been the most surprising part. I think I've, I've kind of become more accepting of this in increments over my last bit of journey. And I think the last bit of me was still thinking that possibly like both you know I'd be bisexual or pansexual but to realize that in comparison you know the whole package with with men yes of course there must be some attraction for me towards women but in comparison with men you know it's the whole thing it's the whole package it's the dynamic the voice the body everything and yeah this was this was quite something to realize and I guess thinking back possibly dating women was about wanting to affirm my male identity you know I I don't really know but I don't think it really matters really what matters is that I found out I like men all of them and in particular this this one man who I've fallen in love with and you know we've been together for almost eight months and I was only ever going on a date which is incredible the comments you know that I expected to get from people have arrived of course there's discrimination out there that still is unfortunately but it It doesn't bother me as much. I get asked questions like, why did I bother to transition if I was going to be with men anyway? Or if I was going to date men, I should have stayed a woman because it would have been easier. You know, sometimes this is said out of malice. Sometimes people just don't really understand that gender identity and sexual attraction are different. I try and explain to people that, you know, I couldn't stay a woman. I wasn't one. My body parts may have been defined as female, but I've always been male. And I transitioned so that my body matched my gender identity I try and explain to them that you know if I'd stayed as a female I would have attracted men who wanted a woman and I wasn't a woman so you know I couldn't it wouldn't have made it easier at all and of course in that comment as well there's that underlying homophobia there because it's implying that being gay is a lesser choice and it'd be better to have stayed female and be straight you know it's all of that and I try and just take deep breaths and answer these questions when when people when people kind of bring it up and but it doesn't bother me like it it did I thought it would at all you know and it just it just makes sense to me now I understand now that I've always liked men it's just that I needed a man to respond to me as a man and now that you know that's happening that's 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 what's gone on um and of course that would only have happened if I'd have transitioned so yeah these comments don't bother me and I don't feel any less trans for being gay I don't feel any less male for being gay and you know when I think back and I think that I was worried about losing my identity Actually, quite the opposite's happened because not only has dating a man confirmed that I am definitely gay, but it's actually surprisingly also affirmed my maleness because my partner's never dated a woman. You know, he he wouldn't be with me if I wasn't completely 100% male. And that in itself 
is really affirmative of, of who I am. Um, having him respond to me emotionally, physically, sexually as the man I am has played a huge part in this kind of next step into really feeling myself as the man I am. And with him, I can be camp as I like. I can wear a pink flamingo T-shirt and glittery earrings. And he doesn't see me as anything less than the man I am. You know, it's incredible that his acceptance of my past trans history and in seeing me as the man I am now has helped me to move into a place where I'm just so proud to be both transgender and gay. And to think I once wanted to be invisible, the last thing I want in the world now is to be invisible. I like being a very visible, proud trans and gay man. Yay, that's a wonderful story. I really appreciate you sharing the thing that people always get mixed up, you know, the gender identity and sexual orientation, right? I feel like we hear that so often. And I've taught a cultural diversity class. And when we talk about gender and sexual orientation, I always make sure I parse them out completely separately and talk about them completely separately. So in the class I taught, we kind of go over a different identity each week. And I would make sure I would only talk about trans identity during gender week and only talk about sexual orientation during sexual orientation week. Because I think like even within the queer community, we see people making those comments that you said that you've gotten and, you know, acting confused about why that's a possibility that someone could be gay and trans. Um, So Mm. I appreciate you speaking to that. Yeah, it is so common. And as you say, it it surprises me the most when it comes from within our own community. There is still a lot of stigma out there for people who are trans and gay. And uh, there shouldn't be, you know, everybody has a gender expression and a sexual orientation, whether you're trans, cis or whatever, you know, it's, yeah, but it's, um, it does take people a while to get their head around. And when it's genuine, I don't mind explaining, but when it's people who are just being for the sake of it, you know, should have just stayed a woman. It's like, well, I wasn't one of my friends, so that wouldn't have worked, would it? <laughs> right. And how you said you wouldn't even be with your partner that you're with now if you no he's a gay man isn't he so he wouldn't have wanted me before (laughs) yeah it's it's, um yeah when you when you spell it out for people they go oh yeah of course yes yeah 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 Yeah. and he's proof that not every gay man is against trans people because that's what i'd heard that gay men i mean i've had had a few gay men say things to me but on the whole you know i found gay men to be incredibly accepting and of trans people no matter what i mean my partner didn't have any knowledge of trans people whatsoever and you know he's been he's amazing he tells all his friends and he's he's actually really proud of my trans identity which is so amazing he tells people my story it's a good job i'm, I'm open isn't it because you know he mm-hmm. talks a lot about me and i'm just like just be careful what you say but <laughs> it's 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 lovely that he is actually that open and willing to tell people because he does put himself in the line of fire that, that way and i have told him that at some point he will get negative comments because it will happen but you know he just doesn't care he doesn't care and it's lovely whenever I kind of talk about my past self he kind of gets all confused and goes I, I just I just can't get it so that that's quite nice because we were talking one day about when we went to Fuerteventura for on holiday and we were going to go to a water park and he asked me if I like them and I said yeah I, I love water rides it's even better now because I can go down a water slide without my bikini top coming off and he just <laughs> went what <laughs> was kind of forgotten so yeah, little things like that I like to do on purpose to just throw him that's <laughs> <laughs> funny I really like the fact that you brought up the fact that you can still express yourself as like, I don't want to say like femme, but like have these like, you know, tendencies that people would associate with like femininity and still be confident in your like masculinity as well. I think that 
a lot of people don't understand that like they're not exclusive like those things like encompass Mm -hmm. a whole person and like how do you can you like elaborate more like about that like can you talk about how not only are you just like just so comfortable with that and you're comfortable sharing that on youtube as well because you're also like a really like prominent youtuber in that community as like donna stated (laughs) (laughs) i don't really know how it started happening it was when i started seeing that woman she's very into the queer community she was a sexological body worker we're talking about about kind of like playing with gender i think this made me kind of think about it a bit more and and she's kind of into all that kind of like different kind of ways of, of playing with gender and i think it was just about when i got comfortable i just suddenly went fancy wearing pink i quite fancy having earrings i think i'm really attracted to queerness and i hadn't realized that i like this playing with gender thing and I like to be a full bearded man with like rainbow bright earrings occasionally you know I love that and I love the now I love the fact that people look and go like that I love that <laughs> whereas before I would have like it would have terrified me but yeah. I think you know maybe I'm a bit of an exhibitionist <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but I, I like the fact that it's just saying there isn't male and female stuff really is there I mean it's just what we've decided over the years and it, which has always changed and it just happens I love pink I love unicorns I love sheep and it's all these kind of things <laughs> <laughs> that I would never have like said before mm-hmm. because they get seen as feminine but I'm quite a cute flamboyant loving being <laughs> and I love that you know and I love that some days I can wear very kind of masculine black plain stuff then another days you know I'll have my rainbow earrings in they've got like little unicorns on a little rainbow coming off them and I've got a t-shirt with like my pink flamingos and sometimes I really kind of like flamboyant it up and I just love that I, I can do that and it doesn't make you any less than a man you know or any less than a woman no matter what you wear or what you do it's it's stuff that people think any different really mm-hmm. and I think I look great in, in um, rainbow bright earrings <laughs> <laughs> I love that and I love that really fights against that hyper masculinity that we see so often right to just go out there and openly say like yes I like all these things and I'm gonna wear my rainbow earrings and I'm still a man and masculine and those like Ashabi was saying like they're not mutually exclusive and we were kind of touching on this the other day actually about how kind of ridiculous it is that so many things like that are gendered the way they are because it's really meaningless to gender those Mm -hmm. things um yeah So kind of pushing against that I think is so important so people can see that gendering items like that is just really ridiculous, Mm -hmm. honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I think I kind of understand with my transition now that it wasn't, of course, it's about becoming the man I am. But I think more than anything, it was about becoming the person I am. Mm -hmm. And the person I am is male and incredibly flamboyant in camp. And that's what it was all about. And I think that's the difference. So at one point I was transitioning to be a man, but now I'm actually transitioning to be me. And that that's the difference, I think. I love that. Yeah, me too. Mm. Now, you mentioned that your partner didn't really know much about trans identity when you all met. What was it like navigating through that together? As he was just oh, kind of learning fun. so much. <laughs> I'm, you know, I imagine he had a lot to learn. I had to kind of tell him quite a lot of words not to use in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But he's he's quite outspoken at the best times. He's quite loud. <laughs> and there were some things that he said that I had to kind of stop and say, you can't say that. Because, you know, he's a gay man. He's lived with these kind of 
phrases that have been said over the years about trans people and doesn't realize that some of them are, are quite offensive so there was kind of navigating the language that was one thing that we kind of are still doing together he'll still every now and again say something but now i'm i'm listening to him the way he's talking is so different about how he explains gender and how his understanding of it but for him trying to get his head around what it must have been like was his biggest drive he's he's never been at all focused on the surgery side of things this is what's been so incredible about him really it's always been for him what did it feel like how is how how is it and all of that and that's what he's been really into and it's just lovely now that you know Carl, something will come up on telly and he'll start talking and i think i've created a monster <laughs> you know, he's just like he's really like turned into a really amazing advocate and ally for the trans community which is lovely to see but yeah it was a steep learning curve for him and i think he's admitted that had he been younger it might have been a different thing he might have heard that i was trans and, and run a mile but for him he's like well you know you're just a bloke i don't really get you know he said but when when i told him he did actually go onto my bio and was kind of zooming in on my picture and kind of going what how can that be possible how how can this person have been defined as female at some point mm-hmm. so yeah he's it's been a steep learning curve for him and he's coming to trans pride next year so i'm yeah. kind of prepping him in advance <laughs> giving him a little notebook to answer questions so he doesn't say anything <laughs> like that. but i mean he's proof really that you know it's most of the time when people say things wrong it's not always out of a position of kind of intolerance sometimes it's just lack of knowledge because some of the things that i take for granted because i'm in this community he doesn't know you know so it's been a really good learning opportunity for me as well to really understand that it sounds like one of the really affirming things that he did as well was like you said attend to your emotional process as opposed to the physical process it sounds like that was yeah. a really important part of that connection yeah, it really was. It was it was incredibly moving when he said that that day when he asked me about how it felt to be called like sir and gentleman. And that is always the questions he asks me, really. It's about feelings. It's I mean, it, we've gone through my final stage of lower surgery together. So he's seen that side of things. But his focus has always been exactly on how it feels like after surgery. It was always questions were around, like, how does it feel? You know, what's going on and all of this. So it, it's incredible. It really is. I'm, I'm incredibly lucky to have found him. I only went on a date. How funny is that? You just you just never know where it's going to happen to you. You just think, you know, go find out I like men and I find a relationship. So it's good. That's so true. Yeah. I wanted to ask, I mean, you already touched on it, but like, what would you say to people who kind of have similar experiences like you, who like have partners who aren't really aware of the fact that this is a thing that they have to now, I don't want to say deal with, but like experience with their other partner, the fact that this partner is trans or not they're not familiar with what that partner may be going through in their life like how would you kind of like advise other people to be more like patient with teaching and like making them more aware I always tell people to be patient I think it can be too easy to sort of jump quickly because we've been hurt so often as a community when things are said to us I think it stings more because we're so used to unfortunately that happening but I always tell people to be patient because you only know these things if you're in the community. I mean, I've said loads and loads of times that you don't go to a foreign country and immediately know the language and get shouted at for not doing so. And it should be the same with our community. As long as questions are asked from a genuine place of wanting to know and out of love, then we need to take a deep breath and just respond in the same way, I think, because that's how people are going to learn and that's how greater acceptance is going to happen. The more, and it does upset me when this happens, and when people 
upset it then just causes this kind of two-way clashing of of wills and that doesn't get anywhere we need to just calm down and have like conversations and understand that this other person doesn't know where we're coming from and vice versa you know so i always say this to young trans people as well because it's hard when you come out people can freak out at you and that's never usually out of anything other than just fear for you you know they they just worry about you and it's just important to just realize that what's knowledge to you is brand new information to someone else so just having that in mind and as long as it's not done from if someone says something out of hate then it's a completely different response of course but if it's done from a genuine reason then you know just respond with deep breath <laughs> and patience i think yeah, that kind of makes me think i know you've been doing some speaking engagements and things like that what kind of messages do you touch on when you do that I always try and speak from the kind of emotional side of things about how it feels, because I think a lot of time, especially when it comes to trans people with everything that's going on at the moment, people kind of miss the person in amongst all this. And so I always try and speak from a very, very personal point of view so that people see the person behind being trans so that I don't very often talk about the logistics of transition and how it happens apart from on my, my channel, because I'd rather people just see a human being and understand that wow someone has to go through this feeling because i think that fosters much better understanding and stops us from being like an object of interest and to like a, a heartfelt experience that people can share in and that's what i always try and do so since we're nearing the end of this interview do you have anything that you'd like to shamelessly plug oh yes <laughs> plug it all yeah <laughs> okay well i love doing youtube so much and that combined with the fact that i have persistent mental health problems that refuse to behave themselves i've gone freelance i'm doing freelance writing content creating i'm turning what i do on youtube into a business that's that's the plan um so i have a website it's finleygames.com and on there that's my central hub to my writing and my videos and you can find all of me on there and you'll also find me on twitter there i'm finley games on twitter and finley invincible on youtube and on instagram but if you go to finleygames.com that's the central hub and you'll find me everywhere on there because i'm a bit of a social media queen shall we say <laughs> Wonderful. we'll link those too in the episode so people could find it easily mm -hmm. that's fab Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank we really appreciate it and sharing your story with us. Thank you. It's been lovely. Oh, it's been lovely to meet you both. Our Look forward to hearing over it. Over the seas guest. Yeah. What yeah. Wow, well, that's there, exciting, isn't it? I hope the audio will work out all right. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Have a great night. Yeah. We oh, yeah. yeah. What time is it over there? Like. It's 20 to midnight. Oh, oh my goodness. Wow. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much. We're staying That's up right. late for yeah. us. <laughs> I know. It's like 5.30 here. <laughs> nice. Well, have a great night. Yeah. Tell your partner we said hi. We feel like we'll we know do. him. <laughs> oh, bless you. It's really sweet. I will do. And have yeah. a great evening. Thank you. To yeah, speak to you both soon. Yeah. Okay. Good night, Finn. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Queer Stories. Also check out the creator of our podcast music, B. Studwell. She's an incredible queer artist from D.C. and you can check out her music at bstudwell.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to rate us so others will be able to find our podcast. Talk, Talk to you all, all next week. week. Next time on Beyond Queer Stories.
And I think she thought that the story was going to be about my anger towards her Mm -hmm. and my resentment towards her about this situation. And after I read it and she realized that's not what I was holding on to, Mm -hmm. she had like a sense of relief. And we had never talked about any of this ever. We talked about it a lot when we were in it and I was very young, but we never talked about it since. Mm -hmm. So I think it was in a way kind of healing for both of us to like acknowledge this happened to us. Bye. 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 Bye.